Hey, Dr. Robert. Yeah, 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 Dr. Robert. Well, 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 you're feeling fine. Well, 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 well. It's your old Tucker buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 11th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Dr. Robert, well, 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 you're feeling fine. Ooh. I'm feeling fine, baby. It's a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. Yes, I'm late with the podcast again. If you have any questions, queries, or qualms, complaints, grievances, uh, conundrums, how come the podcast is always late? Well, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. Send it in. Let me know that you care if this thing's on time. I've originally said that... um, I was going to have the podcast out every Tuesday. But sometimes I like to play it by um, how I'm feeling and when I have something to talk about. So now I'm doing the podcast weekly. So there will always be a podcast weekly, though I'm looking to gauge when, when to do it. Because, I don't know, it's just not working for me lately. Like, setting a date, setting a time and date to record. Like, I'm kind of liking the freedom of, okay, you got a week. Find a sweet spot in the week when you feel ready to let it rip. So, yeah. But if you have any questions, queries, or qualms regarding that, do hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know. Till then podcast is going weekly. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, I'm feeling fine, man. Like, it's a beautiful Saturday morning. 6.11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Beautiful downtown Toronto. Spring has finally sprung. Up at the crack of dawn. Spring has sprung. Sprung! You know, there's a beautiful um, rouge morning glory tinge to the sun. It's rising. It's slowly creeping over the rooftops in my neighborhood. It looks very fresh outside. Everything's turning green. It's still very quiet. It's in the early morning of this Saturday morning, and I'm just feeling blessed and happy to be alive. Happy to be here to share it with you. Very happy. So if you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramtree on the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. Uh, A few years back when they were filming uh, Saw, you know Saw? That uh, horror, the horror franchise Saw? You know, with Jigsaw. I don't even remember what that... uh, I remember once some chick gave me a handjob during Saw. (laughs) Yeah, it was a begrudging one, too. I think she just wanted to, I don't know, appease me or something. It was really weird. It was a strange hookup. 
we met at a bar. We're like making out at her house. And uh, it was really weird. Well, I mean, you're making out during a horror movie, you know? Like in the background and we're like making out on the couch. Like, it's kind of odd to begin with. Then she jerked me off. Yeah. Got a hand job during Jigsaw. Saw. Jigsaw jerked me off. That jack-in-the-box guy with the weird-ass eyes and that fucking... That fucking, uh... That fucking bleached sourpuss fucking face of his. That fucking blanched fucking weirdo little face jigsaw. Wasn't he like a jack-in-the-box with a... What was he anyways? Jigsaw. He was like a jack-in-the-box, but like... The killer spoke through a remote control or something? I don't know. I don't care. Anyways, I was getting a hand job during Saw. Oh, that was ages ago. What I'm trying to say was, um, during the filming of that franchise, there's been different incarnations, right? Like uh, Saw 1, 2, 3, whatever, right? Well, there was just another uh, episode in the Saw franchise, and they were shooting in Toronto. This was a couple years back, right? So, um, you know, I got the information online. You know, I was, tr- I was a desperate actor trying to get my hooks into whatever the fuck I could. So I get the information, uh, who's the casting director, right? I find out online who the casting director is, right? And I ring her up. Ring, ring, ring. <clears throat> Hello? Uh, hi, yeah. Uh, my name's Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Uh, I humbly request... Uh, Audition for uh, Saw 4. Saw 4. Saw 4? Actually, no, it's uh, Saw 5. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not very good with uh, Ro- Roman numerals. <laughs> You're not very good with Roman numerals, huh? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm quite shit with them, actually. I didn't. Saw 4, Saw 5, whatever. Like, hire me, please. Well, sorry, it just doesn't work that way. You need representation. There's a chain of command. Thank you for the laugh, but I, I, I'm sorry, I can't, uh, I can't audition you. Hey, no harm, no foul. At least I tried. Thank you, miss. Click. That's basically how it went, you know? Back in the day, you know, striving whatever way you can, you know, trying to get your foot in the door. And, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of funny, that kind of went through my mind the other day, because um, the blessing of my career now is I'm getting the full effect, the full experience. If you're new to the show, you see that um, there's a lot that I'm trying to do for myself. Produce my own works, um, learn how to be, uh, I guess, a merchant of Jonathan Ramcharan, how to sell myself. So I'm doing a lot of my own production, the podcast, um, my goals for the future, which I will get into at a later date. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. So, but uh, yeah, it just was kind of a funny little memory lane for me to go down because, yeah, back in the day, man, I was out there hustling. This was like, you know, when I first got out of uh, Edmonton, Alberta, I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta. And when I first moved from Edmonton, Alberta, to Toronto, the first time, that was in 2008. And uh, 
in them days, man, I was just like a 20-year-old actor, nose to the grindstone. Um, I was going out for auditions. I was doing a lot of student films. I was trying my best, and it's just a different far cry to where I am today. 32-year-old man, stand-up comedian, actor, doing it for myself, and I don't really... I'm 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 questioning. Should I try to have a little bit more of a little bit more humility? Should I try to get more commercial work? Because I'm not even trying at the moment. I'm just focusing on doing my own stuff. And I wonder, could I benefit by like uh, trying to go the traditional route, get an agent, go out for auditions, really put my face out there? in the, you know, market, so to speak. But uh, I just don't really care to. I don't see the need. I see a lot of people doing things for themselves. And I'm kind of a advocate for that. Indie, indie, independent shit, right? So I don't know. It's food for thought. It's on my head. It's on my head. So Maybe I could benefit from trying a little bit more commercial stuff too, right? Like I don't have to completely close the door on that. Maybe I should try to get an agent and try to, you know, put myself out there because I have no fucking problem auditioning. I don't give a shit. Like I don't care anymore. (laughs) So that's a good place to be when you're just like, look, I want to have fun. Put myself out there. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Who cares, right? I mean, what am I going to do? Cry over spilled milk? I don't even drink milk. So anyway, whatever. I am a alcoholic. (gasps) Yeah. Today, I am actually two years and six months sober. If you need recovery in your life, I always like to put it out there. Go out there and get it. Seek it out. Get yourself involved with a program, like a 12-step program. That's what I did. I got myself involved with a program um bit by bit day by day you know easy does it live and let live you know remember when keep coming back all these little slogans day by day day at a time easy does it that's how i did it that's how i did it and um it gradually kept getting better to the place where I am now, where it's just like, I'm up on this beautiful Saturday morning recording a podcast, not a care in the world, not a major care in the world, and it's all through, it's all through sobriety. I couldn't be other way. If I was in my drinking days, I'd be waking up on the floor, piss full of fucking pants, pants full of piss. <laughs> See, maybe I am still drunk in my head sometimes, right? discombobulate my words but like you know wake up with a pants full of piss hung over creep over to the fridge open the fridge crack a beer first thing in the morning drinking you know like that's kind of the state of mind I was in and I never want to go back hallelujah I am also a janitor mm-hmm. I sweep floors Change garbage bins, recycle bins, compost bins. I mop floors. It facilitates my sobriety. I got my plan. 
I have my plan. And uh, right now I'm very thankful for the job. There are some ups and downs, smiles and frowns that come with it, which I'm going to talk about on this episode, actually. But for the moment, that's what I'm rocking with. Janitor. What, you want to kiss a janitor, huh? Too grimy for you, huh? Too dirty for you, huh? No, Jonathan, no, it's just in your head. You're delusional. You're, you got a chip on your shoulder. You're mental. I love you. I never said these things. I know you, you're lying, bitch. Janitor. And I am a stand-up comedian. Yes. 11 years of experience. Stand-up comedian. Ups and downs, smiles and frowns. I host and produce a show of my own. Our Righteous Mike. That's a bi-weekly show that I produce and host here in downtown Toronto. You can hit it up. Uh, Jonathan-Ramtran.com forward slash shows. You can get all the information for my shows on my website, right? And uh, if you live in the area, come check us out. You know, we'd love to see you. My plans for the future is just to keep growing as a stand-up. Got a lot of experience, but I got a lot to learn still. And um, I'm taking it day by day. Easy does it. I ain't racing. I ain't sprinting. This ain't no... Fucking Little Wayne said that in a song once. He goes, I can see the end before the beginning. That's why I ain't sprinting. And that's how you let the beat build, bitch. Let the beat build, bitch. You get it? You know, it's not a race, you know. Well, no, it is a race. What? It's like, it's a marathon versus a sprint. This whole game of life in general, you know. So take your time, and that's what I'm doing, you know. I'm pressing down as much as I can on the gas, and I'm getting the speed that I'm getting. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't tell myself I can't, well, I don't know. That's the danger, too, when you start telling yourself what you can and can't do or what is or what isn't. All I'm doing is the best that I can, and I'm hoping that something will come out of that. There you have it. So those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Stand-up comedian, alcoholic, janitor, actor. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Um, I almost fought a man. Yes, sad but true. For all the (laughs) jokes and for all the sobriety and for all my knowledge, I got somewhat heated at work. Let me tell you about it. So as I mentioned, I'm a janitor, you know, um, Mopping things up, you know, I got a mop bucket. Push my little mop bucket. Pull out the mop. You know, mopping a floor. You know, I change garbage bins, right? I got my garbage trolley. Take my garbage trolley and I throw out the trash. This is just like the straightforward stuff. That a janitor does. Straightforward stuff. It's a very clean building I work in. It's an office building in downtown Toronto. It goes 24-7. 
there's worker there's work being done there 24/7 with the employees the office employees they're working pretty much 24/7 so that means we're working 24/7 there's day shift and there's night shift the place is continuously being cleaned which means that it's a well-kept building so whenever there's a complaint unless it is a obvious concern like oh my god there's a spill somebody dropped a cup of coffee oh my god who's going to mop it up like unless there's something like that like an obvious oh, okay something happened this needs to be addressed or if there's something that was obviously overlooked like oh my god this garbage bin hasn't been changed in days you know an oversight unless there's an incident or an oversight every other issue is complete nonsense the place is immaculate i could eat a fucking grilled cheese sandwich off of the fucking floor at the fucking place i work it's a clean building there ain't nothing wrong with the place it's continuously being maintained that's the whole point of maintenance to maintain like i maintain my sobriety every day there's certain things that i got to do to keep myself maintained as a sober man i got to keep a positive outlook i got to keep a healthy regimen i got to eat right i got to sleep right i got to exercise i got to stay positive in my i got to stay positive in my mind i got to stay on my performing i got to stay on my work life i got to stay on my hobbies i got to stay connected with my friends whatever's left of them i got to stay connected i got to maintain and that's what we do at this fucking building we maintain it the cleaners we maintain it and it's a hard knock life for a janitor they they just they recently posted something on the little billboard or the little business board or whatever you call it the announcement board announcements the fucking announcement board in my uh, janitor office in the janitorial office they 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 placed a uh, an announcement it's like um janitor picnic thursday june whatever we're having a janitor's picnic and it's being held it's being held by the group janitors for justice or justice for janitors see like i said sometimes i discombobulate my words but <laughs> the name of the of the picnic is justice for janitors that's the hard knock life of a janitor it's not an easy gig it's a it's a gig that is very transient is how my manager described it she says it's a transient job meaning people come and go you know it's it's not the type of it ain't for the faint of heart man you're scrubbing a toilet <coughs> scraping shit off the side of a toilet <coughs> mopping piss up squeegeeing a window this is the type of shit that drives people bonkers mental as a grown adult cleaning in front of other cleaning up after other adults you know what i was doing yesterday i was sweeping up cigarette butts in the fucking smoking area i quit smoking like yeah 2 years and 6 months ago when i quit drinking i quit smoking Smoking's a disgusting filthy habit and if you smoke in this day and age and you don't have a drug or an alcohol problem, you're a pure idiot. 
Like when you're in a mental psychosis of addiction, when you're drinking every day and doing drugs every day, I couldn't understand the impulse to smoke. It's just another added high. You're smoking cigarettes. But when you're a fucking straight up sober, office dwelling loser, dipshit, soulless fucking moron, and you smoke cigarettes, if you're smoking cigarettes just to smoke cigarettes and you ain't got no fucking addiction problems, you are beyond stupid. That's just pure stupidity. What, you're in a clear state of mind and you smoke cigarettes? Cancer, death, poison. That's what they are, you fucking moron. Why would you do that to yourself? Unbelievable. So you got all these fucking uh, lily-livered, fucking never had a drink in their life, fucking office-dwelling losers, and they're in their little fucking smoke pit. <sighs> oh my God, so get this. I have a dash-hound, right? And he's like a mini dash-hound. And every time when I come home from work, he's like, you know, he's hiding. He's waiting for me behind the door. And he's so into it. And they're talking all this nattering nonsense, and they're smoking their little cigarettes. <sighs> Then I have to go in there with a little fucking dust bin and a fucking broom and broom that shit up, right? Sweeping up these little fucking cigarette butts. I'm telling you, I can't take it anymore. You know? It's fucking bullshit. Justice for janitors, right? I'm going to this picnic. I think I'm going to go to this picnic. It's about time we get some justice, right? So there I am, I'm breathing in all this fucking secondhand smoke just to turn a lousy buck in this godforsaken lifetime, right? So that's what I'm talking about. A lot of times, there's just so much petty nonsense that comes with the job. And it's tough. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, like any job, I'm sure, there's, there's pros and there's negatives. The pros is that it pays slightly better than your average minimum wage job. So it pays a little bit better than your average minimum wage job. There's benefits. There's job security. There's always a mess to be cleaned up. There's always work. So it's working for me right now. It's keeping my bills paid. It's keeping me in blue suede shoes. It's keeping me on my point. And I have my plans for the future. But it's tough, man, because like I said, unless it's an oversight, like somebody forgot to do a task, unless it's an oversight or an incident, like something happened, somebody dropped something and it broke and you have to sweep it up or clean it up or whatever, a spill. Clean up an aisle four. Like unless it's a spill, you know, unless it's an incident or an oversight. All the other complaints are nonsense. It's hive mentality. Do you, you have a workplace, right? Some people call a workplace a hive. Worker bees. The average bee is a moron, doesn't know anything. But collectively, the worker bees get together. And through their collected efforts, they do a, um, a larger picture, you know? Their collected efforts keep the hive um, in check, right? Now the hive's fun- functioning. It's a beehive. They're making honey, whatever the fuck, right? Well, hive mentality a lot of times, too, comes with the same frequency, People are on the same frequency levels. 
You know, it's like if they're negative, if it's a negative frequency, people pick up on the negative and everybody's negative. If it's positive, which it rarely is, then it's a positive work environment, right? Well, there's a lot of negativity at mine, a lot of hive mentality, a lot of like people are just into each other's business for no fucking reason. They're always wondering what everybody else is doing. What's that person doing? What are they doing? What's his name? What's the, what's your name? So, you know, like, as I mentioned, it came to the point with one person where I almost fought a man, fought a person the other day. So check it. There I am. I'm in the garage, right? There's like, you know, the parking garage. Parking garages are usually below the basement in most buildings, right? So anyways, I'm whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't have to give you a building fucking blueprint tutorial, just tutorial. To suffice to fucking say I was in the parking garage. So I'm in the fucking parking garage, right? And I'm changing a fucking garbage can, right? I got my fucking uh janitor trolley, right? And I wheel it over to this fucking trash bin. So I'm, I'm stooped over. I'm stooped over this fucking garbage can, and I'm I'm head deep into the fucking waste basket, and I'm I'm changing this fucking this garbage bin, and all of a sudden on my left, all of a sudden on my left, I feel. I look up. There's a fucking delivery van. Had to be within three inches of my shoulder, like within half a foot, like within. Inches of me, this fucking delivery van, breezes past me, pulls up to the curb, out pops a pizza delivery man. The fucking pizza delivery man, the on-call pizza delivery man. That's how fucking lackadaisical, fucking, um, un- whatever, unmotivated, fucking lily-livered, fucking pussified, fucking job market. That's exactly what these fucking office-dwelling losers are. You know what I mean? Most most work sites in my history of working, it usually goes like this when it comes to pizza. People go to themselves, hey, what am I going to have for dinner? You know what? I was working all day. Maybe I'll order a pizza. Not at my office. Should we do some work? Shouldn't we be doing some work? Uh, we have some work to do, shouldn't we? Nah, let's just order pizza. These fucking assholes have on-delivered pizza. They're de- getting pizzas delivered to them, cookies, muffins, all this shit. This guy's like a pizza delivery guy, catering guy. Anyways, this asshole, within three inches of hitting me, pulls up to the curb to deliver this fucking pizza. I'm fucking fuming. I'm fucking fuming. I've been hit by a car before. It's not a pretty fucking uh, process. I had my leg fractured when I was a fucking youngin. Got hit by a car. Had pins in my leg. The whole fucking nine yards. It's a fucking nightmare. Getting hit by a car. Worst case scenario, death. You know? And, and then there's everything else that comes with that. Maybe you get a broken leg. Maybe you get, you know, a, a bad bruise. Like, who the fuck wants to get hit by a car? Is my point. Do you follow me on that? Am I making sense here? So I'm, I'm fuming, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, this motherfucker almost ran me over. Like, he obviously saw me. I did not see him. 
I did not hear him coming because my head was down in the garbage bin. I'm fucking face first in a fucking garbage bin changing the garbage. It's kind of loud in the garage too, right? There's like overhead fans and all sorts of shit humming and buzzing around. And I'm like, fuck. This guy almost hit me. So I go and I look for him, right? He's in the loading dock. I go up to the loading dock and I go, hey, buddy. Yeah, you almost hit me in the garage. Like, what the hell? You almost hit me. And he goes, not even close, not even close. What are you talking about? No, not even close. That didn't happen. Not even close. I said, you almost hit it. You almost hit me, buddy. You got to watch it. Oh, I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to do nothing. I'm like, when it comes to me, buddy, you, bu- you got to watch it. Why? Why? What? And then it became like this stupid, um, fuck you. Like, he did that. To be fair to myself, he did that. Because I said what I said because it's the truth. You almost hit me. What's going on, man? Like, what, what the hell? You almost hit me in the parking garage. And he's, he's telling me, no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And then I said, when it comes to me, buddy, you got to watch it. Then he kind of got all heated. Oh, I don't have to do nothing. And then at that point, I kind of checked out. I'm like, you know what? I said what I said. And if he wants to take it there, you can take it there. And he got all kind of like, and he's like in, kind of in my face, right? And I said, buddy, do you want to take it there? Because we can take it there. And then he fucking pipes down a little bit. Well, well you know, whatever. Fuck you. It's like, see, you're just one of those mouth runners. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to take it there, we could take it there. Otherwise, shut the fuck up, right? Like, what are we talking about here? And then that was pretty much the end of it. You know, and he he fucking sidles off to do a pizza delivery, and I go back to changing fucking garbage bins. You know, oh my god, the janitor and the pizza delivery man are gonna fucking get in a fist to cuff in the fucking parking garage. Ugh. And you know, and I was thinking about it too because I'm standing there and like my heart rate was. I mean, like that's the one thing I noticed now about being thirty in my thirties. Like I'm thirty two years old. Shit ain't cute no more. Like, that's why I believe children are truly the future. When I was a kid, man, it was all peace. I saw fighting and negativity. I was like, no, guys, no, break it up. Stop. Can't we all just get along? Peace, bro. Peace. That's what everybody, that's what, that's one of the things that we all, it's a saying that we still have to this day, you know, peace, yo, peace. I sign out every episode. I go, peace. You know, it's like Andre 3000 said. You know, niggas, niggas always be talking about peace, my brother, peace, this, peace, that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anytime I, I I try to get a peace of mind, niggas try to get a peace of mind. So I got to grab my peace. It's the return of the gangster, thankster. Them niggas have run off the crib. And he starts rapping and shit. But like, peace is what I always said when I was younger. Now at 32 years old, I'm going to punch you in the face if you fuck with me. I just have that feeling on me. I just have that feeling on me. Just like, don't fuck with me. Don't get cute. Because it can go there. I ain't no tough guy, but I ain't no pussified pansy either. Don't fucking whiz by me in a car and expect me to be just cool and honky-dory with you. You almost fucking hit me. With a fucking vehicle. So anyway... 
But uh, the, the interesting thing about being older, like I said, is like we're willing to throw down. And you could tell, too, this, this pizza delivery man, he wasn't exactly wrapped so tight either. I think we're both just thinking the same thing. Lawsuit. Criminal proceedings. Like, we have laws for a reason, I guess, to run a civilized society. So that's really the only thing that stopped us. Because I would have just popped him right in the fucking head. And he would have fought back because he seemed like an angry guy. Just a bunch of angry bravado. And uh, it was really just the fucking bureaucracy of life that kept us in, or society rather, that just kept us in check. Because we, I think we were both ready to go, man. It was really at that point. And <clears throat> I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what, man? This isn't who I am. There's something going on with me. Like, the truth be told, I'm like I said, there's a lot of underlying anger that I'm noticing in myself because my ego has returned. My ego has returned. See, my ego is, to my credit, my ego is no longer... Respect Jonathan Ramtran and Jonathan Ramtram's here and Jonathan Ramtram's somebody and I'm some like my ego's not like that, but my ego's very defined in what I tolerate. Live and let live is how I live my life. I live and I let live. Do not impose upon me, I will not impose upon you. Hey you get off my cloud, you don't know me and you don't know my style. Back the fuck up, sit down, pipe down, shut up. Back the fuck up. Get off me. When it comes to me, you better watch it. That's it. Don't fuck with me and there's no problems. Well, the problem with that is it opens you up. It opens me up for this self-righteous feeling. Because sure, the man almost hit me with the vehicle. But what did what did my getting so upset to the point of going over to him and I basically talked to him like a punk, which is what set him off. And I knew, I knew when the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm like, you're talking to this man like a punk and he's not going to take it well. And I said to myself, well, fuck it, he is a punk. So I went over to him and I said, hey, look, you almost hit me in the parking lot. So you better watch where the fuck you're driving. What? Talk to me. I'll talk to you however the fuck I want to talk to you, all right? When it comes to me, you better watch it. He gets all fucking flamed up, right? And I knew it. I knew it when the words were coming out of my mouth. And, well, aptly enough, the cops, you guys hear that? Black man with anger issues. Get him. He's got a gun. Oh, my God. But I knew when I said those words and the way I said it that I I was fitting to start something off, right? And I knew, I knew better. Yet, I said what I said. I could have approached him like, can I speak to you for a minute? Listen, man, I know you're, I know you got what you, I know you're on a schedule. I know you're a busy man. You got to deliver the pizza. If it's not there in 10 minutes or less, it's free. I get it. You want to make a tip? You know, you want to be the best delivery man in pizza history, whatever? I get it. But, please, you almost hit me back there. I was in the garage. 
You obviously saw me afterwards. I was in there changing garbage bins and you almost hit me. Can you please be a little bit more cautious when you're driving? I could have said something to that effect, which might have opened up a discussion. I mean, I think he still would have been boneheaded enough to go, well, actually, you know, I, no, actually, I, I didn't, what are you talking about? Like, he probably would have argued with me anyways, but he wouldn't have got all as heated as he had. Because, to be honest, I talked to him like a punk. I did. I knew it. I knew the words coming out of my mouth were going to flame him up. But I didn't give a shit because, fuck it, I felt my ego telling me I'm, I'm right. Jonathan, you're upset. You were wronged and you were right. Go talk to this clown the way this clown is. So then I did it that way. And what did it help? It didn't help anything. Just started a big commotion, a big uh, kerfuffle. You know, a 32-year-old man and a man in his mid... This guy. This guy's probably like, yeah, you don't want to fight a man in his mid-40s, you know? <laughs> you know, he was like, you know, probably in his mid-40s, right? And, uh, you know, a pizza delivery man in his mid-40s ain't got nothing to lose, man. You don't want to get him all flamed up, right? You know, that resin strength. Is that what they call it? Resin strength when you're, like, um, at the peak of your uh, manhood, you know, anything else is going downhill, right? <laughs> so he's got that resin strength, right? Like that, I'm a full-grown man at 42 years old. I deliver pizzas, and I'm going to fucking have my piece beast. I'm going to get my piece of the pie. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just, I could have handled it more diplomatically. But I chose not to. And the thought even went through my head, and that's the problem with the ego. When your ego's not in check, because the thought went through my head. I'm like, yo, John, what you're about to say is going to piss this guy off. It's not going to get, it's not going to, he's not going to hear what you're saying. He's just going to get defensive. And I said, you know what, fuck it, fuck him. And I said it. So, you know, I came home that night. This, this happened uh, two days ago. So... I came home the night of the incident, and I wasn't really that shook. That's the fucked up thing, like I said. like I was just like, yo, like I said what I said. That asshole deserved it, and if he wanted to take it there, we could have taken it there. I would have, no, I would have had no, no problem. I almost would have welcomed it. That's the sad thing. That's how I can tell I'm having some anger issues and my ego is not in check, because I almost welcomed it. I'm like, you know what? It would be a good thing if this guy took a swing at me, because then I could just unleash on him. You know, and and that's the arrogance, too, of the ego, because who the fuck knows what that guy knows? Maybe he's a kung fu pizza delivery man. Oh, everybody was kung fu fighting. Who knows, man? He could have wrapped me up like a pretzel and stuffed me in the oven. Like, you never know, right? That's the problem, too, with the ego. It gets arrogant, and it gets above itself, and it's like, who fucking knows what, like, I mean, I was taking a look at him. I'm like, okay, you know, he's, he's about my height, kind of a stocky, chubby little fucking guy. I mean, I wouldn't assume that he would be easy work just to put out a commission, but I, I was, I'm fairly confident, like, I, obviously I could take him, right? And it, what am I, why, why am I even having these thoughts, I could take him. Like, I'm a fucking artist. 
I'm trying to get my fucking grind on as a performer. I don't got time for squabbling with a fucking pizza delivery man. You know, it's ridiculous. So, but then again, like I said, the ego gets crazy if it's not in check, right? Like, the smart thing would have been to just have A, said nothing, and kept an eye on this guy for future reference, or B, talk to him in a diplomatic way. I know I could have just walked up to him and like, can I speak to you for a moment? Hey, I understand. You're busy. You're delivering pizza. But yo, you almost hit me. Can you please be a little bit more cautious? Like I could have said something like that that would have definitely had a different impact. But I didn't. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, yo, I'm not even shook. Like, like I said, I almost felt like I welcomed the idea, which is a sad thought. Because I'm not some tough guy and I, don't, I can't afford to be getting in fights with people and having that kind of baggage and negativity and drama. And, you know, we both would have probably got arrested or something. Something bad would have happened. Like, why would I put myself in that type of jeopardy? Why would I put everything that I'm working on in that type of jeopardy? Just for the sake of my ego. How dare you drive? Like, I mean, but then again, do you not see my point? Like, the man risked my well-being with his stupid antics. So yes, I was offended. I was so offended. Well, the next day, being yesterday, the next day I go into work. And eventually I see him. And I go, hey, can I talk to you for a moment? Look, we both were very heated yesterday. We said some things, we acted the way we acted. It's a matter of perspective. You say you didn't come close to hitting me. I'm not gonna try to change your mind. But what I'm gonna say is that from my perspective, you were very close to hitting me and I was upset. We didn't have to talk the way we talked and behave the way we behaved. But just know that it didn't come out of the blue. I wasn't trying to impose on you. I wasn't trying to bully you or this or that. I'm telling you an important thing, like, from my perspective, you almost hit me with a vehicle, which is a dangerous thing. That's what it was about. It wasn't about me trying to impose on you or this or that. And he goes, well, blah, 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 we made eye contact. I'm like, no, we didn't make eye contact. That's my point, dude. I did not see or hear you coming. That is 100% what my point is. We did not make eye contact. He's backpedaling. But we made eye contact. No, we did not make eye contact. I didn't see you. I didn't hear you. I'm changing the garbage bin. And I look up and there's a car whizzing right by my shoulder. When there's all this space. And he goes, well, you know, I, well, you know, I, I saw you and I thought like, you know, well, I didn't want to honk. And, you know, and I thought maybe I'll just go around. His story kept changing. Well, you know what? Long and short of it, I saw that I was right. And it doesn't always feel to, right to be right. You know, it doesn't feel right to be right all the time. Like, I mean, the man basically backpedaled in what he was saying to me. Oh, well, you know, uh, I thought I saw you make eye contact. Well, well, you know, I didn't want to scare you, so that's why I didn't honk. I just drove around you and, uh, well, this and that. And, uh, he's backpedaling. And then he goes, well, you know, 
I didn't like the way you uh, threatened me. Threatened me. And I'm like, I didn't threaten you. I choose my words very carefully. I told you, hey, buddy, you almost hit me. Then you said, I don't have to do nothing and I didn't hit you. And And then I said, when it comes to me, you better watch where you're going. I didn't threaten you in any physical way. I was just telling you the point. When it comes to me, you better watch out. Oh, well, he's backpedaling and shit. But the main point is we shook hands and he goes, he goes to me, he goes, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Are you good? Okay, yeah, we're good. And then we shook hands and we squashed the beef. Because you know what, man? We work together in the same building. We see each other several times a day. He's delivering pizzas. I'm mopping up piss stains. So it's like, you know, we're working men, working. And, you know, I don't want to have to fucking bump into him and, you know, lock eyes. You know, lock eyes at a dead stare. And, you know, it's, it's not worth the energy. Let's just get it over with. And um, future food for thought, you know, when I'm dealing with people. To understand that, you know what? Even if I am justified in the things I say, I don't have to say them the way I say them. You know what I mean? <sighs> because, like, I, I see that I was very angry, and I see that I escalated the situation. I didn't start it, but I escalated it. I definitely did. It all started from his stupidity, like he was driving like a careless moron. And then I escalated the situation by talking to him like a punk-ass bitch, which he is. And my ego needs to be in check because I'm starting to see that. Like, um, I'm starting to see that I've come to a place where I'm evolving. I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to grow. And there's a lot of pain that comes with growth. And there's a lot of dead weight and dead baggage that you got to shake away. And, and in shaking that shit away, that's where, you know, some of the pain comes in. Because it's like, you gotta say goodbye to all the stupid shit that keeps you down. You gotta say goodbye to your ego. Just say bye to your ego. It doesn't help you. Bye, ego. It's nice knowing you. It doesn't help. Because it's very confusing anyways for me because... I take offense and I get lit up when people impose upon me. And in order for me to be happy, I feel as I, got, I feel like I got to come to a place where it's like, you know what, man? People aren't thinking about me. They're thinking about themselves. They don't care that their careless little actions and their inquiries and their stupidity and their imposing nature annoys certain people. They're thinking about themselves and what works for them. They're not thinking about my well-being. So my ego has to be conscious of that and not feed into it, not feed into the negativity when it happens to me because it's just common sense. You know, you would think that somebody driving a vehicle sees a pedestrian and says, hmm, that person obviously can't see me and I have all this space to drive over here. Maybe I should just take a little swerve to the left 
couple feet away from the pedestrian. That way the pedestrian isn't shocked or startled by a vehicle whizzing by them in a parking garage when their back's turned. Like maybe, 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 maybe I shouldn't expect that out of people. Maybe I shouldn't expect people to live and let live because they definitely can't. Look what they did to Jesus Christ. If the tales are true, look what they did to that poor man. Here's this guy, really quaint, cute-looking guy, comes to earth, starts making fucking benches and, um, you know, gazebos. He was a castallion or whatever, what, a custodian? No, a carpenter. Castallion. Hmm. He was a fucking carpenter, and he built things. And, you know, he preached a good gospel. Be kind to one another, you know? With, with those who have the first sin, please fir- cast the first stone or whatever the fuck he said. He made bagels and fish for everybody out of the fucking one bagel and dead fish that somebody gave him. He fed a fucking army of people. Not an army, like a, a hillside of people, you know? He, Turned one bagel and a bunch of dead fish into a fucking banquet. He was kind to people. He said, do unto others as you will do unto yourself. He he preached a good doctrine. And what did they do to that man? They murdered him. They beat him publicly. Put a crown of thorns on his head because they called himself the king of the Jews or whatever. They made up a nickname for him. King of the Jews. Put a fucking... They, they put a crown of thorns on a dying man, beat him some more. Then they took the instrument which they were going to use in his death, the cross, and they said, drag this through the public square for, you know, just for shits and giggles so we can laugh at you one more time before we actually put the knife in. Then they drag his ass to a hill or whatever. Then they crucify him. Tack him up to a fucking cross. Hammer in nails into his fucking wrists and his ankles. Or was it his hands and his feet? Either way, barbaric. Then they stabbed him, I believe, with a spear in the rib. Something like that. And then, they, and then he had him hanging next to two other dead fucking thieves. Or dying crucified thieves. Or whatever. Made him die with some fucking trash, you know? And I don't know where I went or why I said this, but <laughs> it's it's the point that that's what people generally do. They don't see and live and let live. You know? Jesus said it, live and let live. And that's what they did to him. They killed him. And that's what the general populace is. We're cynical people who are motivated by self-interest and whatever the fuck it is that you do is of no interest to me because I'm doing what I'm doing. And um, that's what it is. And my ego is trying to get away from all that shit. I'm trying to break free of the matrix, man. I'm trying to get out of the hive. You know what I mean? And people notice. People notice when, hey, this person's not on the same page. 
Hey, why is he so happy? Let me go poke around there and bother and pester him with questions. How come you seem so carefree? How come you're not worried about anything? They begrudge you for it. It's like people could tell. They could tell that, oh, I'm not looking to talk to anybody. I just want to do my job and go home. So that's when the impositions come. I find and I feel in life. And uh, I'm just learning to get through that. But, um, hey man, I'm too blessed to stress. Hallelujah. God save the queen. Um, one of the great things I got going right now is I got a new bass guitar. That's right. Got a new jazz bass. 70s, black, black pickguard, black, uh, uh, Block inlaid jazz bass. Beautiful. Sounds like a motherfucker. Got a new amp. Sounds great. I'm going to go jam with my friend Roger later this week. Um, very thankful for that. I'm going to post pictures on the website. Our Righteous Mike. That's the show that I produce. We got shows this month. March 23rd and March 30th. In between, I'm going to be kicking around Toronto, doing little shows here and there, wherever I can. I've got my sights set on the future. And um, just too blessed to stress. And um, I want to come up with a new format for the podcast. More different topics, different engaging topics, because I'm feeling like it's getting a little too flat. Not flat, but just, you know... Like, I got to let my ego go. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to natter about these little grievances anymore. Sure, I mean, that's what comedy is to an extent. It's like laughing or making fun of the annoyances and observations of a daily life. But I'm trying to seek out higher callings. You know what I mean? I'm really trying to distance myself from the petty nonsense of a minutiae, day-to-five, nine-to-five life. You know? It's a lot of horse shit. And, um, you know, I'm trying. Yeah. Those two things are very key for me right now. The new bass guitar, the new amp, and uh, getting back to um, doing, I guess, um, along with producing my show doing like open mics in Toronto because um, well number one with the open mics um, if you heard me speak on the podcast uh, last few months I've just been kind of getting disillusioned uh, not feeling them you know what I mean like they weren't fun anymore right and sometimes you got to do things that aren't fun in life duh Right? Like, as I stomach and work through all the bullshit of working a nine to five with my janitorial um, experiences, part of the job of a comic is doing whatever gigs you can. And at the moment, I got the blessing to produce my own show. But um, to be honest with you, I'm just not getting the feedback that um, I was hoping for in terms of. Uh, community involvement. I was hoping that if I bring something to the table of value to my community, my comedy community, if I'm hosting a great show in a nice venue 
that is open to people. Like I'm, it's, I'm an open door policy. I don't make you send in a video. Like for example, there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes on in comedy, where it's like just to get it. Like for example, it makes sense. Like I can understand a vetting process with um, a club, or a festival, or any any legitimate business where money is being transacted. I can understand a vetting process, right? If it's a legitimate business, comedy club, festival, production, whatever, if it's a legitimate business where money is being exchanged between the club, the comics, the patrons, etc., the government, <laughs> well, wink, wink, if it's a legitimate business, I understand the vetting process. You can't just let any old geek off the street come on in and walk up to the mic and you know, you have to have a certain level of professionalism. Okay, well, if you want to play the club, these are the rules you got to play by. You got to jump through this hoop. You got to send in a video. You got to, um, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a vetting process. Some clubs want you to hang around so that way they get to know you for, for the hang, that you're, you're always at the club. And they want to see you put in a, you know, they want to showcase you. You know, it's like, okay, well... We'll schedule a showcase to see what you can. A showcase is like when you when you perform for like the club manager or the club owner or whatever. And generally speaking, you would try to get um, your friends and family and whoever to come out and see you. You might have to get a recommendation from like another comic, like a more established comic at that club might have to give you a recommendation. Or they might want to see you send in a video. Send us in a little YouTube clip of you performing. Let's let you know, a vetting process. Let's see what you got. We're not just going to let you in. We're going to, you know, interrogate you a little bit. Which makes sense. You can't just have any geek off the street roll up to that mic, right? Well, here's where it goes haywire. There's a lot of shows in the city that aren't professional shows. You're not some licensed club where money is being paid to the comics, where there's a fan base, an audience base. You're a little fucking Dirt McGirt nothing. You're a fucking, and hey, there ain't no slight to Dirt McGirt. That's my motherfucking name. Came to flirt, that's motherfucking game. They said, who want to be an MC? I'm the original D.O.D. I love Dirt McGirt, old dirty bastard. So <clears throat> that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say if you're just some Joe Blow fucking hack ass, like, let's put it this way. Our Righteous Mike. I'm an independent show producer. It's a mom and pop operation. It's me hosting a show at a venue. I put the link together. I put it together. Who built this thing? Me. Who do I trust? Me. That's who. Fly Pelican. I did that. And it's not this... While it means a lot to me and it's a great show... The truth of the matter is it's a young show and it isn't exactly professional level, right? It's, it's, it's a very, it's a heart-filled, it's a heart-filled indie project, basically, right? And I don't try to portray it any other way, you know? If you're a comedian and you want to be on my show, send me an email and I'll put you on the show when I can. I'm not going to make you jump through a fucking hoop. No, um, actually, I don't know if I want you on my show. And, you know, hmm, well, I, I might have a spot for you five months down the line. And uh, why don't you send me a little clip of your fucking... I don't play those games. It's like, yo, if you're a comic, I'm a comic. Let's just shake hands and be friends. Come on in. 
I let, the door is open. I let anybody on my stage, right? Well, and which is a decent, which is a decent handout. It's what it is. It's a handout for sure, bro. Because no one's doing that shit. I'm in a compete. I'm in a community of vultures. Like I said, live and let live. Do unto others as you will do unto yourself. And what do most people do? They keep their fists closed. They keep it close to the heart. No, I can't share anything with anybody. No, no, no. It's all for me. So there's all these people in the same position as me. They're independent show producers. Their shows are not that great. They're just like indie level shows that anybody can be on. You know what I mean? If 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 I can speak with you on Let's put it this way. If we're in communication on Facebook and social media, that means you're on my level. You know, I'm not reaching out to fucking Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, fucking um, Ali Wong, uh, whoever the fuck. Like, I'm not, I'm not reaching out to these big name comics to be on my show. I'm not talking with these big name comics. You know what I mean? I'm talking with people on my level. And when people on my level, indie up and coming people, are on my level and they try to talk as if this game, as if there's something. It's like, dog, how fucked up is, like, how fucked up is you? Where's your head at? Like, you're, you're not anything. We're nobody. We're nobody's trying to become somebody's. So it's just have the gratitude and humility in that and work together. No, I keep my fists closed. I play it close to the heart. No. So that's what I mean about these, uh, a long-winded uh, means of what I'm talking about is like, even with the production of my show, I'm not really getting, I'm not really catching, you know, you, you, what is it? You bait, fly, you catch more bees with honey than fucking vinegar? <clears throat> I don't know, man. Here I am offering a fucking great product to my, my industry. It's a fucking beautiful venue. It's a nice venue that I host at, Cranberries Restaurant. It's a nice venue. It's a nice sound system. It's a great night of comedy. Yet they're not extending the fucking love. Everybody's no. All the uh, all the show producers, no, no. No, you can't be on my show. And a lot of them are hacks too. They come through and I see them, they're just hacks. Like they're not you know. But hey, I don't want to go down that I don't want to go down that fucking path of negativity. But let's just say it this way. Sometimes you do things for the love of it. And sometimes you do it because you love how you look in it. Some people are like that. They don't really like the work. They like the idea of appearing that they're doing the work. Oh, I'm an artist and I host a show. Then they come down to the show and then they're just garbage. Garbage. But hey, whatever, you know. I can't be swept up in them petty semantics is what I'm saying, right? The blessing is I do my show. If I got to go out and do open mics just to keep myself fed, that's what I'm going to do for now. Like I said, I don't really want to do them. I don't, an open mic is a really, it's all in your perspective, I'm at the point where I've done enough of them where it's like, I don't need to do that. I can silence that. Or not silence, but... I have done enough open mics to say that I've done open mics as a comic. I've put in my time. So for me to not do an open mic, it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I've been there, done that. I've done them for years. 
and I'm sick of fucking doing them. And ideally, I would like to do open mics by my choice, not because I have to. Well, right now I have to just to keep myself fed. And I got to suck it up, throw my ego aside and do it because I have to. Just just to keep myself fed as a comic, keep my shit turning, keep them wheels spinning. I got to fucking do open mics again. I hadn't I hadn't been doing them for the last few months cuz I just I was getting sick of them. Well, I got to take the stage time where I can take it. And if people don't want to fucking and I'm talking out of turn, man. Sometimes it just takes time for people to get to know like my show is still pretty young, right? Our righteous mic. It's been going for like, you know, 4 months. So sometimes it just takes time for people to understand that there's an option in the community, but it's just like you think you would get more love from the community because it's like there's a difference between standing there with your hand open, give me something, and there's a difference between that and there's a difference between offering an exchange. Like, yo, I host a show. If you host a show, why don't we work together? Book my black ass for God's sakes. What do you want me to do? Suck your fucking cock? Like, what the fuck do I got to do? You know what I mean? Because there's no other way to get onto their show. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just show up to the show? Like, people don't like that shit, you know? Like, I don't know what people do or don't like. I'm, I'm rambling here, but... Um, the biggest... You know, I just got to feel grateful for the open mics that I'm doing. Feel grateful for the show that I'm producing. Feel grateful for the bass guitar that I just purchased. I'm posting a picture of it on the website. I'm playing it. I'm strumming the shit out that motherfucker. Going to jam with a couple friends this week. And, um, you know, I just really got to clear my head because, I don't know, something in the last couple months, you know, during this period of growth and evolution that I'm going through, trying to find out what the next phase is for me. And that's where I think some of my problems are at the moment is like, I'm in a very, I'm in a precarious place. I'm not, I haven't really landed on the next level. I'm shifting levels and I'm, it's almost like I jumped and now I'm still in the air. I haven't really landed yet. So I'm like, I jumped up to the next level, but I'm still in midair is how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm in like a, I'm in the air. So until I land, I just got to keep it one day at a time, keep happy, keep health, healthy. <laughs> and uh, hallelujah, too blessed to stress. It is your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 11th, 2019. Thank you very much for listening. Evolution, growing phase. Going forward, going strong. If you got any questions, queries, or qualms, please hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to hear some criticisms, actually. Some feedback on what I need to work on with the podcast. What's working, what isn't working. How do you feel about it? Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. The show that I host, Our Righteous Mike. That's a bi-weekly show that I host Thursdays in downtown Toronto information on my website please check it out please come and see us we'd love to have you till next time you live it you love it you realize it I peace